just a little bit different today, but, but thank you all that are in different places this morning doing the job. And I thank the Lord for you. I really do. And I appreciate you being here today. Now, you can look around and see a lot of empty chairs, and that's because about, I don't know, 20 to 30 of our ladies are in Branson, and they could care less about us. Right? I, I, I take that back. They do care about us. They're just not thinking of us, okay? We are so appreciative of you all being here. I have a couple announcements that I think are very important to us. Uh, as many of you know that we are awaiting the appointment of a new pastor to our church here. And I got a, a text from Harold Carr, our associate pastor, who also chairs the pastoral committee. And I wanted to be able to make an announcement today about who would be the pastor next Sunday. Well, you're not going to be thrilled about this and strike that, uh, but our overseer will be the pastor until a new one is appointed. Brother Harold, our associate pastor, of course you're going to be thrilled about Brother Smith. Uh, he just can't do anything to me now that I'm on my way out. Uh, but Brother Harold will be responsible for our services until the new pastor is appointed. And I will tell you that a new candidate will be here on the first Sunday in November, I believe that is November 9, and the person's name is Tom Wiggs, and I, that has to be a good, good person because the last name begins with the letter W, kind of goes with the territory here, you know, yeah, I'd say you're nodding your head, somebody going to, thanks Lou. We thank the Lord for the work that our overseer is doing. It is a, a unique thing, by the way, and it does really require our prayers. We need to pray for whomever is the next pastor. This has been a beautiful assignment at the end of my ministerial assignments that I've had. Over 60 years, we've been here a little over 11 years and I am just been gratified by how God has blessed me and my wife, my wife and I, in case there's any English teachers here. And I want you to know that this has just been one of the high points of our ministry. And whoever gets the assignment to come here is going to be blessed with a congregation that is here and will continue to be here. What a great work that there is to be done for the cause of Christ and his church. I notice our bulletin today. Hope you got one. And if you didn't get one, here is one. And uh, you can share it. Girls, there's no pictures in it. But you will see that the activities of our church is going to go on. You see, I never was responsible for them. 
I was just a pastor of the people that did the work. And whomever the Lord gets here, so it shall be as well. Now then, after I've said all that, let me begin like I'm just getting up here. God is good. And all the time. And to God be the glory. We're glad to have everyone that is here. And I will have to tell you that I have had two surprises that have came into this church this day. And uh, there are some others here I don't quite know, but let me tell you who these two are. Both of their names are Winchester, last name. And they are my two oldest granddaughters. On my far right, I want you girls to stand. I don't normally do this. But this is Lauren Nicole on, on uh, your left. And this is Kathleen. And I know their names. Okay, here we go. Lauren Nicole Winchester and Kathleen Brianne Winchester. And those are my two oldest and my two most beautiful granddaughters, and you may give them a cheer, okay? Thank you, darling. I know they would rather may not have done that, but <laughs> since they are young and beautiful, they can handle it, I guarantee you. I appreciate them so very much being here on this last assigned day of being a pastor and Grandma is not able to be here. She's showing off in the ladies' retreat. And uh, we just have a bunch of them down there. We, I have relatives down there on the female gender side as well that is connected with other churches. And I appreciate all of them and all of our ladies from here. My goodness. We miss them, don't we? We always miss them. Now then, be, before I go on to the next stage of our worship service of receiving our offering, I wonder if there is anyone with an announcement or anything to be given emphasis. If not, then we're going to get ready to receive our offering. But there is one other announcement, and I forgot this. Boy, this is terrible. I want these two guys to stand, too. Rick and Karen Howell. They are our guest music directors today. Give these beautiful people a wonderful cheer. Would you do that? And Rick will be coming up here just right after our prayer and offering tour. And I thank the Lord for them. Rick, we have known for many, many years. Karen, known her since she was a young teenager, as a matter of fact. Her dad and I were great friends. The Lord took him home a number of years ago. But Wendell Hackler and I were just buddies, and we uh, had a lot of good times together. We, we played together in the youth camps, and we ministered together in churches, and we were good friends. And I love him, and I 
know that he is at home with the Lord today. I don't know what they do in heaven. I'll find out one of these days. We often say that they're looking down on us, but I don't know if he's messing around with us or not. He could be up there waiting for me to come up and play horseshoes with him. I'm not sure. However, we are servants of the Lord living here in this world, in this life, to go to the next life that the Lord is providing. At this time, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And we're going to ask you to stand this prayer. And if you have a burden, a request on your heart, I would love for you to raise your hand right now, indicating to the Lord this request that you have. The Lord knows what it is. Every time, as I have said over the years, I raise my hand, I raise it for my family, and I ask you to pray for them as well. Let us pray together in concert. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so very grateful and thankful, Lord, for your love and your mercies. I thank you, dear God, that you're there, never leaving us, never forsaking us. And, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we're looking to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, for this service today. We pray for the requests that have been made. You truly know all, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we're looking to you. Praise your name, O oh God. Praise your name, O oh Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Our offering today, I have to look it up, but that's the reason the typist puts it in. Our offering today is for a church expense and worship the Lord by your giving today. If there are tithes or offerings for missionary or anything, please indicate what it is. Praise the Lord. After we worship the Lord in our giving, we will worship the Lord in our singing and praising, led by Brother Rick and Sister Karen. Praise God. Bless this offering, I pray, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen and amen. Before we begin, I just want to say what a, a privilege it is to be here today on this day that we honor Brother Charles. Um, ever the first time I met you, um, I loved you. 
You're just a lovable individual. Um, and uh, I appreciate your humor, although you do make fun of my bald head every once in a while. But I love you, and I love Sister Joanne, and we are country neighbors, so although I don't see you very often, you think I'd see you at the Walmart every once in a while, but I do love you, and what a privilege it is to be here today. Would you mind standing with us this morning? The greatest thing, there are many subjects we could sing about. There are many things that we could discuss, but the greatest in my mind that we could ever sing or talk about is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that was purchased by Him on the cross and coming out of the grave and resurrecting back to the Father. That's our hope today. So today we're going to sing about that. Our first one is a hymn at Calvary. I hope you uh, can worship the Lord as we sing. Years I spent in vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died On Calvary Mercy there was great and grace was free Pardon there was multiplied to me There my burden so found liberty at Calvary By God's word at last my sin I learned Then I trembled at the law I'd spurned Till my guilty soul imploring to Calvary Oh His mercy there was great and grace was free pardon there was multiplied to me and there my burden so found liberty at Calvary now I've given to Jesus everything now I gladly own him as my king now my raptured soul can own of Calvary. Amen. Let, hear, let God hear you. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me and there is so found liberty at Calvary. that through salvation's plan Oh, the grace that brought it down to man Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary Oh, His mercy there was great and grace was free Pardon there was multiplied to me and there my burden so found liberty at Calvary. Oh, and His mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me and then my burden so found liberty at Calvary. 
somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. When you think about God when Christ came to the earth and he set aside his glory, amen, he, he condescended to put on flesh that he could walk among us so we could know who God was, right? And know that our salvation was purchased. And there's no condemnation. Romans tells us there's no condemnation anymore for us. We are justified before the Father through Jesus Christ. Amen? Because God truly loves us. Amen? That is, that is good news today. Let's sing the song together, Because of Your Love. to the Lord. And let's give praises to Him. Father God, we just worship You today. Bless Your holy name, God. The Bible tells us it is for freedom that we have been set free. Hallelujah. It's for freedom that we've been set free. Our hearts are cleansed and we're made clean by the holy blood of Jesus Christ. And now, God, we serve a living God. And Lord, we're alive. We've been made alive in Jesus today. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace to us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Hallelujah. Amen. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you. In all I do, I on amazing love one more time, amen. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amen, amen, amen. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you in all I do, in all I do. I honor you. Hallelujah. Father God, I just praise you today, Lord Jesus, that you've given me purpose. You've taken a life, God, that was on a wrong road. You've set me free from sin. You've given me purpose and life and freedom in Christ. And I thank you, Lord, today that I have a purpose in this world to represent you. God, it doesn't make sense, Lord, to a world that a a God would die on a cross and resurrect again. And in that we find hope and life. But, Lord, we move on that in faith and say, God, in you I have hope. In you I have resurrected life. And, God, one day I will spend eternity with you. And I thank you for that, Christ. Hallelujah. Because of your grace, God, your grace. Hallelujah. Sing this great chorus with me. Amen. Grace, grace, God. Great. 
Just lift your hands and let's praise Him for that grace today. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank You today for the grace of God. Thank You, Lord, for Your grace. God, that sees us when we're doing good, sees us when we're doing bad. Lord, when we fail You at times, Your grace swoops in and picks us up, puts us on the right path again. We thank You for this. Blessed be the name of the Lord for God's mighty grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, this day for your goodness to us. Amen. Amen. Before you're being seated today, look at your neighbor. Look him in the eyeball and say, God's grace is for you. Amen. And tell him this. Say, God loves you. Amen. Tell him, say, God loves you. You may be seated today. As our pastor is going to come and deliver a sermon, could I say a prayer real quick for him and for the word today. Father in heaven, we just thank you for this great privilege that we have, not only to hear Brother Winchester speak, but God, more importantly, to hear the word of God speak. I pray, Lord, today that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to understand, that the word of Christ, words of Christ would make an impact in our lives and we would be more mature in Christ today because we heard your word. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Really do appreciate Brother Rick and Sister Karen Howell and their being here today. Now I'm I'm sorry that Sister Lisa Carr and our regular worship team isn't here to bless you, but let me tell you something. These these folks have been a blessing to us and to me today. And I thank the Lord for Rick and Karen and their ministry. They they have gave their lives to the ministry of song and worship, and I appreciate them very much to think that, that Sister Karen, whom I've known for so long, is retired from her job, and uh, but still singing. And uh, Brother Rick, he uh, he works for. Is it okay to say it? Uh, okay, he works for the uh, Olathe Police Department, and he works in security at the courthouse. And he's been retired probably two or three different times himself. 
and I appreciate him. What a young man he is, and I thank the Lord for them. I thank the Lord for their families. In the event that some of you may remember years ago, uh, there was a international Voice of Salvation radio program. And as I said, it was international. And Rick's dad was the uh, moderator of that program and also, I think, one of the writers as well. And uh, this was a great ministry that he did. And uh, I thank the Lord for Karen's parents as well. Mom still lives. She's a part of the Olathe Church. Her dad, of course, was a colleague of mine and a good friend, Wendell Hackler. And uh, he is with the Lord. And Brother Hackler, we love you. This morning, as I search my mind and my heart, I, w I wanted to be able to present the right type of sermon as your pastor. And I thought what would be the best thing to talk about. And then the old part of me came into play, which said they would enjoy a short sermon better than any of them. And... It's not going to be long in duration. I'm hoping that those that normally take their naps during my sermons will have to time to not not have time to take a nap. And I don't know why they're all looking at Brother Everett back there, but uh, he's going to make it, and so are you. I. In looking at the scriptures, I really did not know what would be the best thing to present to us today because I'm not used to preaching a last pastoral sermon. So today is the first pastoral sermon that is the last one. I still, of course, will be a preacher. I've been a preacher, actually, since age 15, and that's a, a couple years, if you want to do calculations on that. So preaching, as such, is not a difficult thing for me, but to make sure it's what God wants is, is the right thing that I want to do. So rather than trying to figure out analytically any other form of sermon to be spiritually correct, I did what I've done for over 60 years. I got down and I prayed and I asked the Lord to give me the words that I should share with you today. 
And actually, it was no trouble coming to them. It was not in some of the verses I was familiar with, some I was not. But as I prayed and read and prayed and read, the Lord directed me to the first division or the first letter of the book of Thessalonica. We call it First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 28. And I will be sharing with you from the King James Version. These verses that the Apostle Paul wrote to the people at Thessalonica are in a personable way from his handwriting to the reception of them to the churches at Thessalonica. And I begin with verse 12 because it really shows you the personable type of spirit and attitude that he had. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. I'm not going to be commenting on every verse, as I do think this will be a sermon on the short side, which should be an incentive to keep us real alert right here to begin with. But notice the words, I beseech you, and I thought this was so important as we are getting closer to the day and coming of the Lord, a pastoral change, new things happening, perhaps different things happening in the way we are accustomed to doing things. But Paul says it real well on our part, or to us on our part. He says, I beseech you that you know them that labor among you. Important, but the next part is important too, and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. I've told the story before you before. I tell it again. Some of you have heard it, some of you have not heard it. But when my wife and I pastored in South Dakota many years ago, we had a very nice sized congregation and we lived in the church parsonage, which was next door to a very large ch uh, church building. And I shall never forget one day as I was going from my office, perhaps home for a lunch, that my youngest son, Greg, he was probably in first or second grade at that time, 
and he and one of his little friends was walking down the sidewalk. They were oblivious to the fact that I was in the vicinity. And I overheard Greg say, as he grabbed the friend by his arm, and says, this, pointing to the church building, and as he waved his hand toward it and about it, he says, my dad is the boss over all of this. Well, I think sometimes that can be taken the wrong way. I, I was the boss as long as the Lord put words in my mouth behind the pulpit. But that was it. Even when I went home, I wasn't the boss. But the fact was, we the clergy that are called of God, the Bible says of those type of people that the gifts and calling of God is without repentance. It's essential that they be called of God to do God's business. But it's also essential as we journey into another era of ministry leadership that we know those that labor among us that are over us and the Lord and desire through the Lord to admonish or exhort or to extol God's blessing in our life for a richer life. Verse 13, we don't want to leave sight of that verse. Paul wrote to those Thessalonican people. He said, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. I would like to insert at this moment that when we came to this church 11, 11 and a half years ago, there was difficulty because of what had happened in the congregation and leadership for which we still pray, which we still pray for, and which we still have hope for, that things would work out, that people would be saved, not lost. And I am so grateful how God has worked his wonder through you, the congregation. And I'm so grateful that we still have the connectivity in prayer and in love for those that fell by grace. I'm very grateful for the spirit that came upon this congregation as we did hold in esteem and love the fallen and that there was peace 
among us. So this text of scripture that I'm sharing with you today is scripture in part in commendation, in commendation as well as an admonishment that that spirit not be lost. And the Apostle Paul, I think he was perhaps even talking that way when he said, I exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded. Plain talk. We know that sometimes some get unruly in their lifestyle and that they need God's help not being put or pushed down. We also know that occasionally there might be those that are weak-minded and that we do a very good job. You do a very good job when you see that type of individual or individuals. They are, after all, God's creation. Support the weak. I love that particular tag because it's a it's a tag that has been exemplified by this church over and over that I've witnessed as you've helped people, aided them in different ways. Sometimes it was on the loud side, as far as different ones knowing about it, and sometimes it's been very quiet, not letting the left hand know what the right hand does, what a church you are, and what an admonishment from the Lord you are. And of course, to be patient toward all men, concluding verse 14. We switch the tone from the Apostle Paul to those men and women over there in Thessalonica. And then he begins to kind of maybe raise his hand. I know he's writing a letter, but I can visualize him raising his head and saying to him, See that none render evil for evil to any man. It doesn't matter what they might do. Just make sure that we do not render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. What, what wonderful words that we have shared with you from this portion I'm not through, by the way. Don't get your hopes up. What a wonderful admonishment he has offered to these beautiful people over on North Barton at exit 10 off of I-35 North. But he says, after you understand all these other attributes that 
have been given. He said, don't render evil for evil. How can that be? Well, I, I hope this is not a terribly touchy subject, but I remember a few years ago, hasn't been that many, that we had a neighbor that was blaming our church, its property, for being flooded in their physical house and where they live. And the wonderful thing, first of all, we proved to ourselves that we weren't guilty. Secondly, we understood that the problem wasn't ours, but it was theirs. And thirdly, we went about doing good, and you men and women of this church got in there with Brother Rudy's equipment, his construction equipment, Brother George's back, and different things from our people. And we made these people's property look beautiful and ours at the same time. Now, if you want to think about what this verse means, that's one illustration. See that you do not render evil for evil. I remember so vividly how disappointed some were that this had happened. But I also remember where you just walk outside and look down the street and see how beautiful our land has been terraced and built up. It's, it's added $100 million to our property. That's a Trump-type figure. It's, it's been beautiful. It really has. But this is what the Scripture, in part, is talking about. Not to render evil for evil, but follow that which is good, both among ourselves and to all men, and especially if they live next door. Thank the Lord. Now listen to the rest of the verses that I have selected from this chapter. They're important. Their last words that Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, notice them. This is an easy scripture to remember. It says, rejoice evermore. Have you got that? Without looking at the PowerPoint, can you remember what I just said? You say it with me. Rejoice. Did you do evermore? Rejoice evermore. That was a trick question. That is a, quite a comment, quite a statement, actually. Rejoice evermore. I'm not sure how long evermore is, but I don't think it's unending. I don't think it has an end to it. It means be grateful forevermore. Pray without ceasing. That's verse 17. And verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ concerning you. That's 
a tough one. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I shall never forget one Sunday morning as my family and I pastored in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. In comes a member of the congregation. This lady is perhaps in her 50s. She's got a swollen black eye. She's got cuts on the side of her head. She has an arm in, the, in a sling. She's walking with a limp. I called her by name. What happened to you? I envisioned a car ride. She said, oh, pastor, isn't the Lord wonderful? Please pray for my husband to be saved. All the questions disappeared for me because I remembered her home situation to some extent. And I thought to myself, what can I do? How can I say something that would help this person? And I quickly realized that she already had it resolved between her and the Lord. And forever, ever that I read this verse of Scripture, I think about how we can dissect that and say, hey, it's difficult to give thanks when this happens or that happens. I think of Sister Virginia, and I think about what? the glow behind the bruises that was on her face, the suffering that she had to be experiencing in her body. I remember the glow on her face. Don't feel sorry for me. She had that relationship in everything. Give thanks to the Lord. For this is the will of God. The last verse that I share with you today, very simply, the words are, quench not the Spirit. And I will have to tell you that I have read this verse many, many times over the years, and I interpreted it wrong. I interpreted it as a person that uh, is resisting the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, something of that nature. But upon further study in recent months, I came to the conclusion that that is not what it's talking about. Now, it's biblical. The biblical principle is still not to quench the Holy Spirit of God. But you notice that this verse, quench not the Spirit, is at the end of all these things that the Apostle Paul is exhorting about. Meaning that it's a spiritual thing to know them that labor among you. It's a spiritual thing to know those that are over us in the Lord, those that administer to us. 
That is a spiritual thing to look out and care for and direct the unruly. It's a spiritual thing to beware of those that are feeble-minded, those that need help, also those that are weak. It's a spiritual thing to be patient toward all men. It's very much a spiritual thing not to render evil for evil. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Also, it's a spiritual thing that we rejoice and learn whatever state we're in, as Paul wrote to the church at Rome, to be there with content. It's a spiritual thing to have prayer upon our heart, love for our fellow man, and upholding them in the Lord. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing to give thanks because it is the will of God. It is a spiritual thing not to quench the spirit-given directives that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. It is a spiritual thing that as this pastor preaches and concludes his last appointed under appointment sermon, by that I certainly mean that there's not anything that might keep me from preaching here again for an occasion, performing a wedding, doing a funeral, all those things which even touches this congregation today. And of course, many that are not here. It's a spiritual thing to follow the Lord, not quench the Spirit. And as this sermon comes to a close today, it's a spiritual thing that we carry these admonishments, these directives over and practice them in our lives. So as I close this service today, I want to put into remembrance everything that we are about as children of God, that we want to love and continue to live for the Lord in a fashion that God will not be ashamed of us. For as the word says, if he's ashamed here, he'll be ashamed over there. Would you stand with me? If there is someone here today that needs to give their heart to the Lord, I invite you to the Lord and this altar and to give yourself to him. And I'm going to ask my brother Rick how we appreciate you so much coming, you and Karen, to be with us today. Would you conclude our service in prayer today for us?